when they when they bark, I'll just be silent so that like you guys could. <laughs> Chelsea's just randomly going stone faced in their dogs screaming in the I like background. When Chelsea, I like that Chelsea thinks that when she has to, when she needs to be silent, she also has to sit completely still and like it's a t- like it's a T Rex. It's, it's it's like I'm I'm watching this. It's like an Ari Aster movie and Leslie and and and, and Chelsea's screen. I just called you Leslie. Wow. I called Chili Chelsea. It's fine. Wow, guys, we're losing it. <laughs> Chelsea's Why, broken. Harry, this is the most fun podcast we've had since like two weeks ago. <laughs> oh man. California. Keeping up with the Coens, an OC rewatch podcast. Hello and welcome back to Keeping Up with the Coens. Yes, it is God's favorite podcast about the OC. My name is Ryan Drake. I'm coming to you from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I'm joined, as always, by my best friends in the whole world. <laughs> oh boy, I get to talk to them <laughs> once, sometimes twice a week on a Zoom call. It's a great, it's a great time. Everyone should be jealous of the fun that we have here. I'm speaking, of course... <laughs> To Chelsea Trinidad, all the way up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the helium queen. What is the lightweight of the nine one eight? The lonely. She's alone. She's in bed. Uh, now's your chance, everybody. Oh my gosh. Okay, that sounded both more grand and more sad than my life actually is. So thank you, Ryan. You're I welcome. appreciate that. I that took like skill. You know, I like to build you up, but not too much. You know. Thanks. Good. I like that. Keep me in check. Um, you know who I don't like to build up at all, who I love actually doing the opposite of building up, tearing down, is Daddy Dylan. Also here. Still here. Hasn't been fired yet. You cannot tear me down, especially today because I am already laying down. I decided to do a pull a Ryan and Chelsea and record from bed, to which Ryan rebelled and is not recording from bed, despite both of us, so we couldn't get any dope pictures. I'm but not no, in my I'm house. A, I'm full on Grandpa Joe right now, wearing uh, one of those double XL shirts they give out for free at Thunder Games, and uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm I'm really excited, and hopefully I don't fall asleep. We'll see what happens. I think that Chelsea's microphone is situated perfectly in frame. That looks like it looks so giant compared to her head. Oh my God! Can you not see? Oh, <laughs> that's a big. Here, let me take a picture of that big it mic. It looks like it's. It looks like it's bigger than my own body. I love it. Just giving oh it space goodness. to breathe so I can edit around her laughter. <laughs> Chelsea, that was a joke. I'm just kidding. She like immediately stopped laughing and got sad. <laughs> Shut up. Um, yeah, we just finished watching these two episodes of The O.C. And boy, these episodes sure are different and there's a lot to talk about. I feel like last week we were kind of sad and just like not into it. And let's be real, we kind of were not into it because those episodes were ugh, right? Yeah. Yeah, those episodes were, were like bad weird and these episodes are like awesome weird i mean yes. i feel like we've entered the part of the programming where we we can make fun of its terribleness the, like the it's gonna be legitimately good next season but like the rest of this season is just like so bad it's good situation next season is very they lean they knew it was over and they were like let's just make a comedy show now i love it so mm-hmm. much well let's do an adventure comedy yeah like hijinks in the desert Um, But no, there's a lot going on in these episodes. And boy, I forgot how quickly we are just like, boom, boom, Sadie's here. And now she's a part of the show. Also, uh, Gidget's back. Taylor's back. Oh, I'm so glad. 
Uh, not Chelsea. Sorry. Um, Chili. I almost said Chelsea. Chelsea's Chelsea's back. Chili. I know we get we get like the very last uh, chili like appearance. I think. Before we move, because like okay, we we left off last week with Johnny falling off a cliff. Um, (laughs) Hilarious. Was he pushed? So you know Johnny's gone. There's still a couple. There's some hangover from that, which is fine. But most importantly, Gidget's back, and boy, our screens are hot. So yeah. Shall we get into it? Let's do yes, it. Yes, let's do it. Let's get into it. Starting with episode number 15, The Heavy Lifting. The Heavy Lifting features Sandy Cohen on screen for a season low, five minutes and 54 Ooh. seconds. Dylan, what else do we need to know about The Heavy Lifting? So, The Heavy Lifting originally aired on February 9th, 2006 to 5.25, yikes, million viewers. It was penned by Stephanie Savage. Speaking of heavy lifting, let's get into it. Five, hang on, 5.25 is almost, it's like almost like viewers to minutes, like how long Sandy was on screen. And I would love if there was a correlation of ratings versus how long Sandy Cohen is on screen. Oh, I love it. I don't think there is. But I do think the ratings went down as his screen time went down. I'm just going to say. Because I remember in season, I was thinking about this in season one, um, his screen time was always over 10 minutes. Like almost always. Yeah. It was 10, I feel, 11, It was like 17 minutes. Like, yeah, it was like 10, 11, 12 minutes. And like season three now, it's, it's, this is low at five minutes and 54 seconds, but it's like six, seven minutes usually. So mm-hmm. I, my theory was right. The whole reason I wanted to do this was to track that. And I feel like I don't need to track it anymore, but I will for you for the podcast. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the heavy lifting. <laughs> All right, so it start. The episode starts with a core four at the Cohens' house, and they're all big sad because their friend Johnny just fell off of a cliff. And I shouldn't be laughing, but I'm laughing. It's so stupid. Big sad. <laughs> oh no. Okay, so the, so they're waiting to hear news about Johnny, who has obviously suffered brain trauma. Uh, I, I was kind of surprised that it wasn't like neck or back trauma. They, they just said <laughs> it was his brain. His crack. That's right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have that crack trauma. <laughs> I mean, weren't you guys kind of? I mean, I feel like if I fell off a cliff, then like my like back would snap in half. I feel like but... I would have life trauma in that it no longer exists. I will tell you this much <laughs> though: my first note is all caps, angry. Wait, Johnny isn't 100% dead? And then they bring up how Trey was okay. The mm-hmm. show is, like, trolling us. No, I had that yeah. note as well. I had that note as well. That, like, Well, we talked about it last week, about how all these things had happened. Kirsten yeah. was fine. Marissa was fine when she overdosed. Trey was fine when he got shot. So that, like, they kind of set it up as, like, we're, we're the show that does this, but then just kidding, Johnny's super dead. God, that I'm so glad that does- they changed it so quickly. And they were like, no, don't worry. He's really gone. Well, does that make us respect them more or less? Like, it was also kind of stupid that just like, oh, we're going to make the Johnny problem go away by just killing him. Like, I respect that they'll act, they actually, you know, there were consequences, but I'm also like, that was kind of stupid. I'm glad like, he's they, dead. Like, they we talked just... about how many opportunities they had had to get rid of Johnny in other ways. And for some reason they didn't. And they really, I think to them, it made the most sense to kill him. He, he could have joined the pack West and... <laughs> Sailed well, away. It, it could. It made the most sense to kill him, but we also. I said last week on the show, and Chelsea, you texted it to us today that him dying was the moment, right? Where the show just lost itself. Yeah. I mean, it, it was heading. It the... was the show was heading off of a cliff, but when Johnny fell off oh. a cliff, it actually went off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. I, it makes me. You know, when you think about it that way, it almost makes me grateful for John. No, I'm just kidding. I can't even. I can't make that stretch. I'm You're glad happy he's, dead. he's gone, aren't you? I'm so happy. By the way, that was. <laughs> like Ryan. There's a there's a line from Seth where 
where Seth just goes to, to Ryan, he goes, so I guess uh, you won't have to worry about Johnny coming between you and Marissa anymore. And in that line, I determined that Seth is now a co-host of this podcast if he wants to be. <laughs> he has to talk shit on himself, though. Oh, yeah, he does. Um, so of all people, Ryan is the one that gets the phone call that they've all been dreading. Um, the show got dark super fast, as we can all um, I think he had, well, so Marissa left the room. I think that was Marissa's phone. Johnny's mom was calling Marissa, but Ryan answered. Oh, okay, Ooh, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> Marissa meets up with Chili and um, learns that Johnny's mom is just completely in pieces. Um, Not so as Marissa many pieces as Johnny's in, probably. He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, dead. Um, but that's kind of, you know, we I don't think we ever see Johnny's mom again, and that kind of explains why Marissa... She wasn't even Marissa in this episode. And, yeah, she wasn't even at the funeral. She was not like, shown in like, the episode. Like, I don't think they had anyone in case they needed a mom, then they just, <laughs> so they didn't, so they just wrote around her not actually being physically there. Wanted yeah, they were like, oh, mom. she's catatonic. Like, I just, so I guess that kind of explains why Marissa and Sadie have to take on all the heavy lifting. Oh, get oh, it? Hey. The episode is called oh, Heavy oh Lifting. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that, I was, that was actually a note. It was, why is it called the heavy lifting? And you Chelsea, did the heavy lifting on Chelsea that. Chelsea cracked the case. I, fig- I figured it out. Um, so on her way out of the house, she runs into Sadie, Johnny's cousin, um, and Sadie already knows who Marissa is. Sadie is none other than a one Nikki Reed. Um, have you guys had any familiarity with her as an actress before seeing her on the show? Unfortunately, she says none other than. Or one Nikki Reed. She says them like their addresses. So there was, there are two different connections with Nikki Reed. The first one is that Nikki Reed was 100% in Twilight. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, she is dating or married to the lead actor from The Vampire Diaries. Ian Summerholder, Boone! Uh, meanwhile, Matt and Sandy are discussing this new girl he's dating. Uh, what was her name again? Morena. Um, Miss McKenzie. Gotham Girl. Yeah, Gotham Girl. Or I was like Deadpool Girl. But, yes! Uh, <laughs> uh sandy so i I was a little bit confused about this whole storyline especially how it relates to the next episode so he is like out on a date with her and sandy's like "Uh uh-oh we shouldn't you shouldn't get mixed he's like you shouldn't get mixed up with her because we're maybe doing business with her dad but then kirsten's like oh we need her to come do our our um mixer because she's a society girl. Like, I was very confused about... No, they wanted her to be there because Matt was going to... Sandy, she broke up with Matt, right? She broke up with Matt, yeah. and Matt wanted her back, so Sandy convinced Kirsten to get her to the party because Matt was going to be at the party. Yeah. See, I thought it was the opposite. I thought that she was really into Matt, and Matt wasn't super into her, but Kirsten and Sandy were like, oh, she's actually useful to us. They did a bad, <laughs> useful. They did a bad job at, like, it, it's all said, like, in one sentence where Matt's like, well, she got mad at me because I didn't call her back after the date. So now we broke up. And, like, that was it, right? That was, like, one line of dialogue that kind of yeah. explained everything away. Um, also, in this scene, um, Marissa swings by Sandy's office with Johnny's paperwork and Matt volunteers to help. So I think that they were just kind of being like, oh, look, Marissa and Matt are friendly. So there's a couple um, of scenes in this episode where Marissa and Matt are like, I wonder if they were, but they were, like, potentially setting up for something. Because I don't think they would have read those scenes I, in yeah. otherwise. Yeah, the looks that and Matt they gives. show them like locking eyes. And... Yeah, like Matt going to her house later and telling her Happy Valentine's Day. That was too much. I went to the trailer. 
Yeah, he like made sure to wish her happy Valentine's Day. If you ever want to talk, let me know. And I was like, I think they were maybe considering setting this, like this was a thing and they were say, setting it up here. Can we agree that the worst episode or the worst outfit of the episode was Matt's suit in that scene that's cut like a Donald Trump suit? A really, <laughs> really long coat. You know what I bet they did? I bet in this one episode, they were like, let's let's chemistry test Marissa and Matt and Marissa and Gidget. And then let's get on Reddit and see what people like. I love Reddit it. did not exist then. Yeah, it was just creepy 4chan message boards at that point. There wasn't Reddit yet? 2006? I don't think that so. That surprises me. There was Dig. The Chive. Yeah. Yeah, there was a Chive. <laughs> Pornography. Keep, um, keep calm and chive on. <laughs> message boards. Oh, no, Reddit um, oh wait, there are AOL chat rooms. Reddit was founded on June 23rd, 2005. So it would have been oh. proto-Reddit. Do you think early Reddit had so many, like, let anyone start a subreddit? Was it, Do you think there was an OC active subreddit? There's I don't think so. Of. I feel like Reddit in 2005 was just like Mr. Hands and stuff like that. Or Lemon Party. Hey, don't Google these, everyone. Um, okay. well, Dylan's just bringing on. the podcast to a grinding halt <laughs> once again. <laughs> I, I just, I don't think, I don't think that the listeners truly appreciate how the silence looks as well as sounds because you well, all just I, hear, I usually edit them out oh you all well now you have to keep it in you just hear silence but i'm looking at the silence of two people staring at me stone-faced wondering why in the world they were cursed to spend all this time with me on mondays I, it makes me so happy i'm Sorry. also gonna edit this out so it doesn't matter <laughs> it's a metaphor for life okay moving on um <laughs> Anyways, so there's not a whole lot happening with Seth and Summer this episode. Uh, Summer calls Seth out for smoking weed, but mostly for lying to her. Like, I just, I want to just marvel at how big of a piece of shit Seth is and how mature Mm -hmm. Summer is. I mean, that whole way that she approached him was of a woman far beyond her years. Like, she's supposed to be 17 in this, and she approaches him like she is, like, a cool mom. I don't even know. Um, She tells him that he has got to blow her away to get back into her good graces. So, I don't know. What did you guys think about that scene? Seth's response to this was so infuriating. Because, and we've talked about this before, that Seth does the bare minimum, so whenever he does anything that's, like, normal, it's it's applauded like it's some big deal yeah so for him to basically Mm -hmm. be like like for him to say like well all i can do is tell you i won't lie again and not lie again and i was like fuck you like imagine if everyone yeah that was was so stupid yeah that was annoying i'm gonna play Um, devil's advocate because i feel like he was making a good argument oh my god stop this his execution was terrible though but like for stuff like that it's really difficult to fix that kind of a problem in a relationship because you can't right then. It's pretty much like you apologize for lying, but then it's like the only way you can show that you've changed is by not lying in the future. Okay, but you can do a lot more than saying, well, just going to have to trust I won't do it again. That's true. You should also yeah. lie. Spoiler alert, he fucking does it again. Yeah. Yeah. Does it again multiple times. So yeah. annoying. Um, all right. So Sadie and Marissa actually meet up at the diner, and Sadie reveals that Johnny had asked her to make an angel necklace uh, for Marissa for Valentine's Day. So Sadie's like, I'm surprised. I thought that you were his girlfriend. And Marissa's like, no. And literally, it's like the cheesiest goddamn necklace I've ever seen. It's an angel that has both of their, like, birthstones on it. Like, I think if someone gave that to me, I would, like... Like, even just, like, talking about it right now, I have, like, proximal cringes. (laughs) Would you you hide it under your uh, thermal undershirts? (laughs) 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 Necklace. 
but I, we learn in that moment Sadie has a jewelry business. I guess that she Sadie makes- was the original Etsy. <laughs> but also, uh, this is now the third. Like, if we fast forward to season three or season four, I mean, I brought this up that like when Caleb died, Kirsten got a letter from him after he died. When Marissa dies, Ryan gets a letter from her after she dies. And when Johnny dies, Marissa gets a necklace from him after he dies. And I was like, come on. Yeah. That's so cringe. Um, this is also the outfit of the episode because Marissa's Shrek vest is back, baby. Yes! She was wearing it in the last episode, too. Like, she was she was really doing the part of, like, I haven't slept in three days. So, I dress like Shrek when I'm tired. <laughs> it's jazzed up with a big loopy flower brooch. I thought that was kind of cool. Very emblematic of the time. Um, I In a terrible episode, I actually thought the funeral scene was super moving and beautiful. And I would only give... About 95% of the credit to the beautiful Sufjan song. Yeah, it's but, music member of the episode to the Widows in Paradise, Sufjan Stevens. Great. That's like, it's one of those scenes that will stick out forever because of how well they used the song. But I feel like that was Johnny's last cruel joke was to ruin Sufjan during the beach funeral. Yeah. Well, I thought it was kind of cool just that we could see like um, surfers rituals when someone passes. I, I mean, I don't I've think never that's real. I think the show made that up. You think? Well, now yes. we're going to have to look and research that. I, I thought it was like a real thing they might do in Hawaii or something the like that. Perhaps surf. Maybe some people have done something like that, but I was thinking when they pushed the board out, like, there's 0% chance you can just push someone's board out into the water. It will immediately wash back up to shore. That's how the ocean no matter works. how bad you go out there. Yeah, like... Okay, okay, that's a good point. <laughs> I'm excited about this idea of the show diving into surf lore. <laughs> um, during the funeral, you can see Gidget kind of lurking around in the background. So they introduce him for the episode. Uh, Caitlin has like a mopey moment. She's like, oh, all these people, like none of them saw him die like I did. And Ryan's basically like, Caitlin, like move the fuck on. Um, well, Caitlin said something that was like... She kind of blamed. She, she like blames him for making him fall. Well, she, she. I don't think she really does. I think she's just trying to fuck with him again. Again, I don't know. I don't understand Kate's, Caitlin's motives. Why she wants to be a, an asshole to everyone? Because she does say to Ryan. Um, Ryan says like you didn't make him climb up there and you didn't make him fall. And she goes, No, that was you. Rude. And Ryan does the right thing by going, You know what? Fuck it. I'm leaving and just walking away. And I was like, Yeah, that's good. He does a lot more. Like I feel like Ryan acts a lot more like an adult in these episodes. Well, I mean, in this episode, because he absolutely doesn't in the next episode, but it's a weird character turn. Um, Sandy and Matt uh, walk into the house, and it, it was it was a really weird scene, because <laughs> Sandy just, like, hands Matt, like, a like some money, like a roll of money, and is like, oh, this is your Q4 bonus. What? What was this? They had played, I mean, they had played basketball against each other, and he had lost the bet. Well, I thought he said it was his Q4 bonus. Is that, that not what he joke. said? That was his joke for giving him oh, the bet money. I didn't know that that was, okay, I totally missed that. I thought that, like, they just snuck in, like, oh, here, here's your bonus, like, okay. It was kind of weird that, like, suddenly Matt and Sandy are, like, playing basketball. Does Cohen's have a basketball <laughs> goal? We've never seen it. Also, that now Julie's suddenly, like, running, like we talked about last week. I'm also trying to figure out why Matt brought a basketball into the kitchen. <laughs> If for no Great other question. reason than to show that they had been playing basketball. So we kind of talked about this earlier, but um, Mrs. McKenzie, uh, I guess that her dad is the chairman of the hospital board. Sandy wants to build a hospital. Kind of comes out of nowhere. They don't even do like what kind of bugs me is that they go from like zero to 60 in no time at all. Like, I think it would have made a lot more sense if they kind of showed Sandy like 
walking the community or looking at numbers to understand exactly how many people that this hospital would serve or oh it's a rural hospital where they really really need it it's just well, like it's the same sandy. hospital they've been dealing with for like two or three episodes now yeah, so it's same the one that they took hospital. them on the walking tour yeah well i i don't know it's the, it wasn't connecting to me like why the stakes were that high um sandy said two or three episodes ago i've never wanted anything like i want this okay i just i don't know for for whatever reason it wasn't connecting for me i thought it was kind of silly mrs mckenzie's um, dad is the guy that sandy took on the walking tour that, who likes the churro the, yeah there was yeah with the strippers <laughs> well, but I don't understand why that's the case then, because why did they need her to set up a meeting? Well, they already had that contact. I thought because that this they, was a completely different That's what the show deal. does. The show sets the thing up like Johnny fucking surfing. Nope, not, he's not surfing. Oh, he's surfing again. Oh, he's not surfing. It's like they don't have the hospital. Well, it looks like they got the hospital. Oh, just kidding. They don't have the hospital. Maybe they do, but they don't again. Well, they tried okay, to explain I- it away by saying, like, by treating the guy to prostitutes and whiskey, they got past, like... They got past Ganondorf, and then they have to fight Ganon, Ganon and actually do the rest of the of the pitch with the chick from Daredevil. That's the way, or not Daredevil, um, Deadpool. That's the way I read it. So the low, so the lower um, ring were the ones that liked churros and strippers, and then now her dad. No, that's is her the dad. Top. Her dad was that guy. Yeah. This makes no sense to me. This is so stupid. What do you the, mean? The, this is a perfectly. What, he. This is what the OC does. He agreed to build the hospital with Sandy, and then in this episode, it's revealed that nope, just kidding. He went back and now it's going to be the other but it's going to be the brea group so now they have to get the hospital back again this is so stupid I this hate is what they do line. with every single <laughs> thing on this show <laughs> okay well moving on at the wake we learned that gidget knows sadie interesting he's um, so ryan, still R- ryan like meets her too and they kind of have a bit i mean i didn't even think it was that special but whatever reason ryan felt some kind of connection with her i don't know what we don't really understand what their relationship is between gidget and sadie Besides their co-stars in a blockbuster franchise together. But um, he's just talking to her on the back. He walks up and is like, hey, I just want to talk to you. Like, Gidget is being normal and cool for the first time probably ever. He's always hot. Mm-hmm. But he's just like, hey, I just want to talk to you. And Ryan walks up out of nowhere to this girl that he's never met before and just goes, hey, is there a problem here? <laughs> Weird. He just assumes. And Gid- yeah, and Gidget's like, no. And he's like, get out. This is a part. You're not welcome to this party or something. And he's like, what the fuck? All right. By the way, I'm putting this out into the universe now. Between doing big show seasons of this podcast, I totally think we should do Keeping Up with the Cullens and just cover the Twilight movies <laughs> as a palate cleanser because there's so I many. Other- on that. I've only seen the first two. That's perfect. Good, that'll though. make it better. It'll be it'll be walking Ryan Keeping through the up Twilight with the movies. Cullens. I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> Anyway, I just sorry. reread. Uh, they they she rewrote the first book from Edward's perspective, and I just re-listened to it. It's like so boring. It like put me right to sleep. Um, More than this podcast. That's no, That's how podcast, I felt editing last week's episode. <laughs> no, this podcast is it lulls me to sleep because it's comforting because it's our voices, not because it's boring. Mm. You're doing a great exact job. opposite. It's familiar. Good save. Um, Anyways, uh, Jul- so we <laughs> let, let's go back into adult world and remember our friends Julie and Dr. Roberts. Um, Julie goes over to his house and kind of dances around asking him to the party. I mean, it's kind of classic will they or won't they? You're right, Ryan. This is the, again, this is the third or fourth time now they've will they, won't they with these two. Like, yeah. they were hooking up and then he, then nope, they're not hooking up. And then nope, nope. As of the last episode, he comes to her trailer and says, I want you. But then this episode, they're not together again. So they got to do it again. Yeah. And she's like, oh, does he? Like, every, every, there's a lot of like 
unsure footing with everyone, which is so stupid. I can't operate like that. As soon as I get like a green light, I just head powerfully into one direction. I, I will say but. though, there was an excellent topical and timely reference in this scene, and uh, the Da Vinci Code is mentioned. And so the book, oh, yeah. The Da Vinci Code, had come out in 2003, but the movie came out in May of 2006. And remember, this episode aired in February of 2006. They and, probably already announced the movie. Yeah, no, but I mean, and the line, I think, is where he's Julie talking says, about... says, I'll wait for the movie. Yeah, and so it's like a little Da Vinci Code hype within the OC. I did have a Da Vinci Code phase where I read the book and then watched the movie and was really into it for like a week. Did you read any of like the other, the other like quote-unquote scholarly books about the Knights Templar and, like, the I Jesus read, papers. I, try, I started to read Holy Blood, Holy Grail, and then I stopped. Yeah, it's... Well, I, I have questions because I didn't know whether that was... You know, the the ritual sex? Sorry, go on. Tell me more. Um, I, I just, Never heard you know, anyone say everyone, ritual like, sex with two dogs in their bed. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird it's a weird moment, but I don't know. Any time that there's, like, a group sex situation, but it's only two people and everyone else is just standing around naked watching, it's... Like, eyes it's, wide shut? Um, or, oh, I, I've never seen Eyes Wide Shut, but I was thinking it's about amazing. the Ari Aster movie, and I was thinking about, um, oh, Midsommar. Rosemary's Baby, and then it happens American also Pie. in Da Vinci Code. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Caitlin tells Jasper about what happened, and they have a bit of a bonding moment. There were so many different storylines, and there, there weren't really any dif- distinctive ones other than what happened with Johnny. Everyone else is just like little tidbits. Well, again, like what happened with Kaylin and ja- like Jasper showed up and is like, hey, I'm still like, remember last episode? You like, told me to fuck off and I was gone, but now I'm back and now you like me now. And it's like, what happened between these two episodes? Haircut. Yeah, and I'm going to listen to you reason. talk about the dead kid. Um, there's a definite rift between Marissa and Ryan, as there has been this entire goddamn season. Um, she's obviously super depressed, doesn't want to celebrate Valentine's Day. Matt delivers the papers to Marissa. So, again, they have kind of a little bond. You know, they lock eyes. and He's swooping in. Um, he's he's pulling a Zach. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. again, they were... I, I, I stand by this theory. I think that they were chemistry testing her with both of these people and seeing which way the audience wanted, wanted it to go. But I don't think they could do that because they film these episodes months in advance. There's no way they could see what the audience reaction is. They could show it to a test audience. They mean like the audience of people standing behind the camera when they're filming. I feel like they, if, if, this, <laughs> if anything, they filmed these scenes and then watched him back and said, we need to go with Gidget because he's way hotter. Yeah, oh, they, yeah. Like, look, they, look, they looked at his like bedroom eyes and they were like, like, okay, this guy's got it. Yeah. Matt does not have bedroom eyes. He has kind of weird douche hair. He has, like, like, he has Starbucks <laughs> eyes. He has bedroom strippers. We've seen them. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, Starbucks eyes? How is that not in a Taylor Swift song? <laughs> Starbucks lovers. Um, so Maya and Kirsten meet, and uh, Kirsten wants to invite her to the party. And Maya actually misconstrues Kirsten reaching out as Matt you know plotting or trying to get around to be with her so she's like oh i know this is all about matt and yes i'm super into no that him. is what it is though 100 percent. kirsten was lying to her kirsten didn't give a shit if she was there at the party or not no kirsten wanted her because she was like an influencer of kirsten the time was lying to her to legitimize her business no kirsten really wanted that it could be both Kirsten okay. was the one who brought it up earlier in the episode. Kirsten was like, she's an important person to have on board for New Match because that's going to legitimize our business and oh, let people called? know that we have good catches. Yeah, it's called New Match. 
Cool. Okay. The deal was Sandy says, you get Maya to that party and I will do <laughs> Valentine's Day the way you want me to do Valentine's Day. So Kirsten meets up with her and pitches her the idea and Maya sees right through it and goes, oh, because I sure thought this was about Matt. And Kirsten's like, well, it kind of is. And she's like, well, so how bad does Matt want to go out with me? And Kirsten says, really bad. She's like, okay, well, I like him, so I'll be there. But even so, that's that's framing it as Matt really likes her and Matt seemed like he was so-so about her. No, Matt really did really like her, but him. he fucked up. This, I mean, this is all the subject. This is all off screen. This stuff didn't happen on screen, but <laughs> Matt really did like her and wants to be with her and wanted her at that party, which is why he doesn't want to bring up the plan for the hospital when they go on their dinner date with the Coens, because he actually does like her and he knows that she'll think that it's just a business thing. Okay, this is why has I, I was not following and I don't know why was why was it engaging to me? Like, why am I so hazy around this? Like bad storytelling. I'm going to blame the episode, not me and my um, <laughs> in my SSRI brain. The best brain ever. Ryan shows up to Johnny's house and it's like, this is where things start to get really, really weird. Ryan is like drawn to Sadie. I don't, don't figure out why. He only this. met her one time and Ryan goes over to Johnny's house. Like he has a girlfriend who is clearly hurting and in pain right now. And he goes and sees this girl that he met for 10 seconds at a party. There are So there are two things about the scene where she's like unloading the back of her car and Ryan is randomly there without Marissa. So when Ryan is there unloading um, out of the out of the back of uh, of of cousin uh, cousin Twilight, <laughs> I don't understand why he's Just call even her cousin. Cousin, dude, that's actually how it is in my notes because I forgot her name was Sadie, so I just called her cousin. It's kind of like you know, big reservation dogs energy. But so I don't get why he's helping with the Johnny stuff at all. The only reason has to be because of cousin. Um, the other thing that I really liked is that Leslie was watching these episodes with me, and she goes, "Huh, I have Nikki Reed's shirt." So apparently, the shirt that Nikki Reed was wearing, that excuse me, that cousin was wearing when he was unloading was is one that Leslie has. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> just calling her cousin reminds me so much of, like, an Arrested Development joke or something. They're just like, okay, brother. Yeah, egg. <laughs> um, I don't even understand what they're doing at Johnny's mom's house. Why they're doing so much, like, construction all of a sudden. Yeah, well, it's because, uh, yeah, again, it's another really stupid convoluted storyline. It's like, oh... Johnny's mom not only lost her son, but now her house is going into foreclosure. Yeah, but what does that have to do with him fixing, like, the pipes in the plumbing? I'm not totally sure. Yeah, um, that, that's, that's second episode stuff, and I still don't understand it. Okay. I uh, I thought that, at first I thought they were packing up Johnny's room, but then when they started doing, like, interior, like, housework and fixing drywall, yeah, I, I lost it. I feel like Ryan is just going around at night and breaking stuff in the house, so he has an excuse to hang out with cousin. <laughs> Oh my god, they should have made um, the, that would have been a great that would have been a way better storyline. They're like cleaning out Johnny's room and they find like his journal or something where he's written about Marissa. Oh yes. That's better than the note <laughs> and that's better than the necklace, all right? Yeah, totally. Um well I think in the next episode that's why they go hunt down Johnny's dad because oh, he gave them money that saved the house from going into foreclosure. So now it's not foreclosing. Now Johnny's mom gets to sell the house. So stupid. We hate it. But Sadie, <laughs> I, her last name is not Harper, but I'm with cousin Harper. It's the Sadie Harper dance, whatever we want to call this. I, I'm into it. I'm adding it. It's it's canon. Her last name is Harper. Cousin Harper. Uh, <laughs> I'm adding I it. I kind of like. I kind of liked the bit where um, Seth and Sandy's uh, Victoria's Secrets bags get mixed up. Total yes. Chekhov's gun situation. There, it's like they introduce Chekhov's it, and lingerie. you know, Chekhov's lingerie. It was some good product placement too. Oh, yeah. I mean, that bag is so iconic. It really is. Also, they went they went to the mall. I'm uh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. 
Just like in the mall episode. I know. I wonder if their photos are still up. I wonder if it's got to be the same mall. I bet their photos are still up from when they were in there. Like, don't. Like, if you see these people, arrest them. <laughs> the security guards have their faces on the billboard. Yeah. Um, Marissa would stay home for the new match party. Um, Julie and Caitlin, you know, try to get her to come to no avail. Ryan comes by to make last-ditch effort. He brings her a necklace. Um, and he brings her... No, he brings her a bracelet. Is it a bracelet? And she, like, very deliberately, There's like, takes the bracelet... And puts it in her uh, drawer right by Johnny's necklace. And she kind of looks at them both and just like puts the clothes on top of both of them and shuts it. Want to make sure the audience gets it. That she's struggling <laughs> with her choices. Um, Doesn't she outright accuse Ryan of being glad that he's gone? Yeah, she says, you're glad he's gone, aren't you? And she has no chill. I just kind of wish Ryan would say, yes, I am. And that would just solve the, all the problems. I have a theory. Talk about it Because I do think he is happy that he's gone. Oh, 100%. Um, so this beach party looks lit as fuck. Now that I am a event industry worker, I know how much parties cost, and I am blown away with the expenses involved here. Um, Seth's grand gesture turns out to be he gives Summer a list of all the lies that he's told on a napkin. This is a good move. Summer that if he screws up again, yeah. she can give it to his parents. No, this is a very good move. Whoever came up with this idea, great idea. Good job, Stephanie Savage. Yeah. Marissa and Chili have kind of a nice moment at the beach. Um, but did Chili make out, or sorry, did Chili joke about making out with her? Did yeah. I dream that? No, he did. Yeah, I think he did. I, I also have a theory that I'd like to posit to the yeah. two of you. I think Chili lives outside. <laughs> <laughs> no, he lives in the, he lives at the Swells party house. Oh, he does? But why, we never see him there. We always see him either outside or in Johnny's room. We talked about this eight years ago when we covered the beginning of the season, when they had the big Swells party where, where Johnny's girlfriend cheated on him. And it was at mm-hmm. Chili's house. And I was like, Chili has the most amazing house I've ever seen. I just assume that every party house is Holly's. Why does why does Gidget get to go to Chili's house if they're enemies? I think Gidget just shows up wherever he wants, right? That's his thing. Gidget's like a street cat. He just goes wherever and no, everyone's scared to do anything about it. Yeah, every, no, everyone's Chelsea. Everyone wants to bring him in. <laughs> um. So Jasper meets Julie at the party and tells her that she's gonna he's going to drive Caitlin back to school. So I guess it's bye to Caitlyn for a little while. Yeah, Caitlyn's just gone now, and I don't remember how she comes back. Um, I'm wondering why Caitlyn, Marissa, and Ryan aren't in therapy, because they literally saw someone fall off a cliff and break their head open. Like, <laughs> like basically Midsommar. Yeah, well, because in this universe, therapy is bad, because you could meet an That's Oliver. where you meet Oliver. Or Charlotte. That's true. Yeah. What was she's doing? Just so again, all of these mini storylines. Uh, Neil and Julie finally have the DTR at the party. I guess they are. You know, will they? Won't they? Yes, they will. It's really cheesy. He's like, "Will you be my Valentine?" That's like it was like. Are we okay. sure that Doctor Roberts has a personality? Because I don't. I'm not sure he does. You know what else I noticed about this is that they never ever show Julie and Doctor Roberts kissing. Like, remember how in the oh. first season they would show. Kirsten and Sandy just like making out and talking about having sex and like rolling on the bed together and stuff. Nice. And they showed that a lot with Julie and Tate. I wonder if that's but a decision they do not with the show actors. It one time. I I, I mean uh, maybe. I like to think Dr. Roberts is like, I don't want to touch her. <laughs> I just think that he's so lame and boring and like I don't understand what she sees in him. I will say Julie had an amazing line at this party whenever she's offered oysters. She said if I'm going to swallow something that disgusting there better be something in it for me. Yeah. Uh, big Julie energy there. I love Julie. She's maybe the best character on the show. Um, it, it looks like it looks like Matt and Mrs. McKenzie are having a good time together at this party. Oh, They're like yeah. vibing in the corner together kind of close talking. That was fun. Yeah. Will you um on mic right now uh 
agree, promise to start using those weird heart-shaped uh, light fire, like fireworks things in your balloon shows, Chelsea? I can think about it. That was so similar to when I saw that because they had that big light up heart on the beach, right? And it like lit up like not all at once, like like yeah, in yeah, it. It was so similar to the Casey Musgraves heart from the VMAs a couple of weeks ago that lit up on stage. I thought about you when it happened. I mean, of, of course, whenever I saw that happen, I was wondering to myself, like, I wonder how much that costs. Um, at this resort I go to, if you want to commission fireworks, it costs a thousand dollars a minute. That's not that bad. $1, yeah, $1, it's not terrible, but still, I just like I can't imagine spending five thousand dollars on. Fi- I mean, this is not like the hotel puts it on. This is like if you want to commission your own fireworks, that's what it is. That's what but I'm of saying. course, like, that a, seems reasonable. I feel like right. Fireworks are like a, a community good, though. So if one person gets it, then like everyone gets to right, enjoy it. But if you're gonna like, propose to someone, you can pay three thousand dollars and have three minutes of fireworks. Three minutes seems like a long time for proposal fireworks. You can get a lot done in three minutes. I mean, you really only need 30 seconds of fireworks. So five, you know, $500 for 30 seconds would be pretty good bang for your buck. Oh, get it? Bang for your buck. Um, before before Caitlin leaves uh, for good, she stops by the trailer, runs into Marissa, and Caitlin does tell her that she needs to figure out how she felt about Johnny or else she's just never going to feel closure, which I thought was good advice. The episode ends, again, mysteriously, with Brian back at Johnny's house, hanging out with Sadie, cousin. and Gidget appears. Hanging out with cu- cousin and Gidget. Together. Cousin and Gidget. So wow. he makes it very clear, like, oh, they used to be a thing. And he's like, oh, well, if you're here with Sadie, then no one's with your girl. What goes around comes around, No, that buddy. was the next episode. <laughs> That's the next episode. And that no, actually that is the most valid and awesome thing ever. Oh, oh my gosh. That, okay. That was the next episode. And this one, he just shows up and says, like, I want to talk to you. And then Ryan leers in the background. He goes, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? What are you doing here? What are you doing here, Ryan? You should take the 405. Uh, this is the one where he gets the door slammed on his face. It's so funny. And then I just assume he stands there. Well, this episode was weird. The next episode is weirder. Really <laughs> excited to hear about it from Dylan's perspective. <laughs> I'm excited too. Any closing thoughts here? Like, Johnny's dead. I think my note was from the friend zone to the grave. Um, <laughs> that's also a great out episode of the, title. Out of the friend zone into the grave. That that's, could also be an episode title. Let us know in the comments. I think I sang I'm a song kidding. called that in, in Sunday school. From the grave to the sky. From the the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky, sky. Johnny lift your name on high is what you're thinking about. (laughs) What if if Jesus' name was Johnny? That would be so funny. (laughs) Then Johnny's name would be Jesus. Whoa. You know what? Shout out to Johnny. He escaped the friend zone, then he died immediately. So, because that's what we, because it was the scene in this (laughs) episode where Marissa, is the scene, well, I I thought about that, because is the scene in this episode where Marissa goes back to the drawer and looks at the two items of jewelry and chooses the one that Johnny gave her, right? Yes. Well, she chooses it to like grip and cry over like a rosary. But like, I feel like that was almost her choosing Johnny over Ryan. Like, I feel like that was the validation they were trying to, at least they were trying to portray that was the validation that she really did love Johnny and maybe I she would it. have chosen him over Ryan. I like that. I like that analysis and I adopt it. And that's it. what I said from from out of the friend zone into the grave. I like that a lot. I like <laughs> it a lot. I um, Chelsea, thank you so much for doing the heavy lifting in this episode. Thank you. Well, I was going to text you guys and say, I'll do the heavy lifting. And then I was like, maybe they haven't looked at the episode list. Maybe they don't, won't know what I mean. Maybe they'll think you're just being brass and like trying to act like you own everything here. <laughs> trying to be a bitch yeah. in the group thread. Yeah, I'll do the heavy lifting as per usual. <laughs> <laughs> what if we just have Chelsea recap that episode every week? Just heavy lifting every week. <laughs> Welcome to the OC. Dylan, and I, Dylan and I will continue watching the season. Chelsea has to Groundhog Day herself with the heavy lifting. <laughs> Chelsea could use her rewatch. I feel like she needs. I want the finale to just be after having watched it like 
what, 15 times in one season, she has to recite the episode from memory. <laughs> but we're just like, all right, season four premiere, Dylan and I will do the first episode. Now back to Chelsea for season three, episode 15. <laughs> She's still very confused about why Dr. Roberts and Julie haven't made it official yet. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, we are past the heavy lifting now. Great job, Chelsea. That will get us into episode 16, The Road Warrior. Great tag team in the 80s, WWE shout out. Uh, the Road Warrior features Sandy Cohen on screen for eight minutes and 11 seconds. Seconds. This time is back, guys. Dylan, tell me more. So the last episode was on February 9th, 2006. They waited until March 9th, 2006 to bring the show back. Uh, and it seems to have paid off because rather than the 5.25 million viewers that experienced the heavy lifting, 7.36 million people were on the road with Cousin and Ryan. Uh, Mike Kelly wrote this romp into the desert, and I'm excited to talk to you all about it. You want to chat? Well, yeah, so I just right, right whenever you said that, I, I assumed that there was a break between episodes because when I watched The Road Warrior and you turn it on, it goes previously on the OC. Instead of saying that, it started with Marissa saying, here's what you missed if you haven't watched the OC in a while yeah that was which so is weird. bizarre it and then so it was like this, it was this entire season three montage up to this point like they recapped the entire season up to this point which is when i knew like oh so this was like not just the week after the previous episode yeah yeah there had to have been a break but the other thing is that whole montage didn't really share any storylines it was no. kind of just them like having fun and kissing it was it was like a mad mad men um you know next on the next episode of mad men i, I did you know like how... the slapping this episode did make me happy before it made me really sad um so let's get into it so, i like this episode it's yeah. insane but i liked it the oc is back from a month off and absence has definitely made the heart grow more dramatic our reward for surviving this time off that we actually didn't take is a summer voiceover that she made of herself. It's a very Seth <laughs> move that definitely makes life more dramatic and or poignant, depending on which one of them you listen to. It's their second semester of their senior year. So things are going to get crazy. Summer has this voiceover going because she's picking out a bathing suit. Uh, she successfully picks one out and then they meet up. Uh, they being Marissa and summer meet up with Seth in the hot tub to find out if he's quote man enough for two girls it was a really weird moment um seth freaks out of course leaving the girls alone ryan um because it makes perfect sense for the plot is still hanging out and getting wet with cousin um then all of a sudden the police arrive for some reason what could possibly be going on people so johnny's death might not be an accident according to the police but the police lie um if the police listened <laughs> to this show and listened to what you and i and I, I guess since there are three of us, say about Johnny, I feel like we could all three be easily implicated as Johnny's killer. Um, but needless to say, <laughs> the police show up um, and like just add drama, insert drama into this whole thing. But that's kind of what's thing. going it's on. It's a good thing Ryan didn't have a podcast where he talked weekly about how much he hated Johnny. That could have been very yeah. detrimental. Hey guys, it's Ryan again. Uh, kind of mad. Kind of it's mad like about Johnny. He, yeah, he, he hears Summer doing her voiceover thing, so he decides he wants to start doing it, and he just talks about how much he hates Johnny. Each <laughs> episode is a different way it. that he wants to kill God, him. we should be rewriting these episodes. He should have found the journal. He should have been making his own voice recordings. We're going to reboot the, the series, and, and we're just yeah. going to do season three, but we're going to keep episode 15 exactly how it is, because Chelsea is going to do a one-woman <laughs> show. 
Um, okay, so we go back to same trailer, different park. Summer is going all in on making memories. She's doing that really annoying thing where it's like, it's senior year, it's second semester, let's make it last a lifetime. She wants to double date with Ryan and Marissa. We're kind of getting back to that first season, or excuse me, second season, the way it was, core four kind of thing. Um, Marissa reluctantly agrees. Uh, Summer does like a pop shove it quick pivot immediately to her daddy issues about her dad working a whole lot it's really weird um turns out doc ock is working too much or something like that i really don't know i'm not gonna lie i kind of spaced out he's spending all his time with julie that's what she thinks yeah but summer thinks he's working yes um so seth and ryan show up to johnny's house before school um and cousin divulges a convoluted insurance foreclosure subplot that i've already forgotten about um, but the broad strokes are there's no insurance money coming in from Johnny's death, which reminds me, everyone get life insurance. It's not hard. Just go on Policy Genius. Um, so Mommy Harper might lose her, like, cute California bungalow or something. Well, that's probably worth a yeah. million and a half dollars right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what's going on in weird land. But let's talk about the adults. Um Kirsten and Julie are still knee-deep in the skin trade. Julie is tired from getting constantly nipped and tucked in the back of Doc Ock's Maserati. Uh, Turns out he hasn't been working late. He's been working late. Uh, When he finds a note on the sex wagon, he realizes that Summer is getting a little bit suspicious of what's going on. Let's talk about Matthew and Gotham Girl, who just realized... uh, I I actually just realized when I was writing these notes that she was the same actress from Deadpool and Serenity. Um, I actually was like, hey, it might be her sister. No, it's literally her. She's in the OC. Um, But things are kind of getting hot and heavy in the office. She's showing up early. She's kind of getting close. Sandy walks in. Uh, It's classic TV timing. She leaves because, quote, nobody respects company time like a company girl. Uh, Sandy harshes Matt's buzz by telling him he needs to come through on the proposal. Matt doesn't want to jump the gun with Gotham Girl. What's going to happen? I guess we'll have to find out. No, hang on. This was like a weird scene. This was a weird Sandy scene because this is where we see that like Matt and um, Mrs. McKenzie are like, really into each other like they like each other i think they enjoy dating each other but sandy still thinks it's like part of the plan right yeah um i bet that ryan was really happy about this next part because back at school taylor townsend makes her triumphant return yeah where was she i i don't know in heaven probably suspiciously absent during the johnny death i'm just saying i'm not putting oh, it past her she did it only it. murders in the building um, Summer and Seth fill Taylor in on Doc Ock's newfound tendency to throw himself into his work, which is funny because he's actually throwing himself into Julie Cooper. Uh, Taylor suggests therapy. Therapy is always a good idea, except in the OC. She also proposes an alternate idea to get him a date. Uh, Taylor thinks the thing that has already happened in this show would be the best idea, a.k.a. getting Doc Ock in touch with Kirsten and Julie's skin trade. Like, right, that that literally happened, like, two like or three two episodes, episodes ago, ago, right? Okay. This this episode had a whole bunch of really quick little vignettes. Um, we're going to go back to Sad Corner real quick. Ryan and Marissa are commiserating after receiving calls from the police. Marissa kind of tells him she has no intention of going to Sandy about the police, but then she does, like, a couple scenes later. So that was kind of a waste of a scene. Um, we're going to go spend some more time now at Harper's bungalow, um, after school, (laughs) I'm assuming it's after school, Ryan goes back with all the necessary materials to fix walls, which I guess are broken. Uh, cousin has a better idea. She wants to go beat up her uncle and Brea. So Ryan invites himself because 
he's good at that kind of stuff. Uh, but it looks like Volchek is already going because I guess Volchek's dad used to be drinking buddies or still is drinking buddies with Johnny's dad. Um, Volchek gets kicked to the curb, though, so Ryan can go. But before he leaves, he brings up the excellent point that Ryan is leaving Marissa alone to hang out with Cousin. So, points mm-hmm. to Volchek. He is beauty and brains. I have a serious question for you guys. Okay. Like, the I mean, I feel like the obvious takeaway from this episode is like, what the fuck is Ryan doing? Yeah. But do we think that his, like, obvious, like, emotional, like, I mean, obviously, he's, like, crossing boundaries. He has a girlfriend. Her name is Marissa. He (laughs) is just drawn to Sadie for some reason. He's going on road trips and staying in hotel rooms and being, becoming very, very personally intimate with, um, Sadie. Um, do we think that this is worse or equal to or less bad than, like, Marissa and Johnny's relationship? Because I personally think it's worse. I think that at this point, Ryan had made the decision. Ryan knew that him and Marissa were breaking up. That decision was made when they yeah. were like going on this road trip. He likes say he but likes is it cousin. Though? Because I feel yeah. like the episode or two after this is the whole thing about should they or shouldn't they, and they play that um, Brett paint the silent song over and over again, and he can't <laughs> decide whether to give her that envelope for the invitation to his birthday party. So I feel like he makes that decision <laughs> later. But I feel okay. But I feel like I kind of. I mean, I guess I understand this more. Uh, just because he knows that the the fact that he's interested in this girl means that he needs to break up with Marissa. I don't think he's choosing her over Marissa. I think he's saying, I'm interested in somebody. Like, I need to break up with my girlfriend. But he's crossing so many boundaries. And I think that it's more egregious than Marissa and Johnny. Because with Marissa and Johnny, she was at a new school. He was kind of like her only friend there for a while. They kind of bonded over, over trauma. And then he fucked up his leg. Yeah, but Marissa never broke up with Ryan immediately after this happened. Like, Ryan broke up with Marissa pretty quickly after he establishes a connection with Sadie and Marissa never did that with Ryan. I I, I don't know. I feel like it's I, very I, I similar it's... to the Oliver Marissa thing. It's more similar to Oliver Marissa than uh, Johnny Marissa. It has been done to Ryan though. Ryan and Sadie's relationship is similar to like Oliver and Marissa. No, like with the time they're spending together. I don't but I just feel like their time is so clearly sexually charged and I don't think that Marissa's time with Oliver was sexually charged and I really honestly don't even think Marissa and Johnny's time together was sexually charged well, you can't, but this you can't one be is sexually charged with a washcloth. Johnny I'm is confused. like <laughs> Johnny is the least sexually charged person ever. He's he's like a he's he's like a not sexually charged person at all. You can't be sexually charged and have that haircut. It's just a fact of science. But I think that when I think that when Marissa met Johnny, her and Ryan were good. Like they were in a good place. And when Ryan met cousin, he and Marissa were not good. And then he got close to cousin and said, "Okay, I need to break up with my girlfriend." And then he did. Well, and the other thing about this is he goes on this road trip and he has to have Seth lie for him. And like that's why Seth is like rolling around in the bed for the parents. And like that's not good either. Like if you're lying about relationships, like he's lying to his, he's having Seth lie to to Seth's parents. Still, I, I don't, I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to let you villainize Ryan for this. He's been through a lot of bullshit and he wants to get out of town with this new person he's into and just met. And yeah, he's going to break up with his girlfriend when he gets back because he knows it's wrong for him to be doing what he's doing. You guys want to hear about the plan? I don't know. I I think that this is very clearly crossing some big lines. Well, you can't cross the streams. He slept on the floor. Nothing happened between them. Nothing does happen between them until after he breaks up with Marissa. Kissing cousin. So, uh, on the road trip that I have no idea why Ryan is on, I mean, I guess I kind of do, uh, we get some info on the plan. Johnny's dad apparently owes years worth of child support arrearages to Johnny's mom. They're going to try and collect the money and use it to save the house. 
I'm not going to get into the nuances, but I will tell you all, this is absolutely not how child support works. Um, I'm actually, I had a physical reaction to this, uh, but anyway, they drive on. So I'm also going to move on. Um, so back at the Newport group, Sandy invites Matt and Gotham girl to dinner the next night with Kirsten and him. So Sandy can bring up the proposal again. He's very adamant about defeating Gannon. He's on the second phase. He wants to get through it and he wants to kind of take the pressure off of Matt. Um, before Matt can get an answer though, Marissa shows up and actually does the right thing. She asks for advice from a defense lawyer about the police, but guys, Sandy actually has some legal work to do. And I feel like he's happier when he does it. Um, so that's great. But we go back to the Cohen kitchen where all great things happen. Summer shows up with her dad notes and pitches Operation Doc Ock to Julian Kirsten. Apparently all that her dad does is work and go to the gym. I know, right? Uh, she needs guidance. Her dad that has, sounds like my husband. Yeah, her, her dad has terrible taste in women, so she doesn't trust him to find love on his own as he's prone to go for the first, quote, money-grabbing slut bag who gets in the back seat of his Maserati. So Julie manages to keep her mouth shut um which i'm impressed with but summer uh did some background work turns out doc ock wants sharon stone from basic instinct and a litany of other characteristics that have nothing to do with julie so uh, well okay so that's what i was wondering he, she goes uh plastic surgery do we think that julie's had plastic surgery for sure right i don't know i also don't know but uh, according to her character from what we know about her character we yes. would say yes she i think she certainly would. has Knowing what we know about her character yes but I don't know. I mean, we got to see her body last season, and... She's 33 years old. Yeah. Okay, so she's our age. Yeah, and we look great. <laughs> I do think that the character of Julie Cooper is supposed to be older than 30. I think she's supposed to be, like, in her 40s. No, I don't think... No, don't they make a comment about that? Because she's like, you are six, like, you're 16, then someone's like, you had her when you were young. So I feel like someone snarks at the fact that Julie's so much younger and, like, looks so good. Yeah. In the show, though, she doesn't present as a 33-year-old, or maybe just our generation is so much more um, slow at adulting than the ones before us, but I think she presents as I just 38 or 39. I just want to set the record straight, by the way. We are, we're aware that we're a little bit slower than, than Gen X and then the boomers with that kind of stuff, but, you know, we would love to, you know, I guess be growing the appropriate and the correct way, but the problem is someone ruined the housing market. Um, so we're doing our best. Uh, shout out to the rest of the millennials, who I'm pretty sure it's only millennials and my parents that listen to this show. Um, hi, mom and dad. I didn't mean it. You didn't ruin the market. But Hello, daddy Dylan's daddy. Daddy Dylan's daddy. Let's talk about dark California because we're back there with cousin and Ryan. Um, when old machine gun Kelly answers the door, our road warriors find out Johnny's dad has moved. If they want to find him... They'll have to go on another quest and drive two more hours into to the desert. Coachella. Yeah, and stay the night. So Ryan sees no problem with this whatsoever at all. Like, no, it's fine. I will spend the night with this person I met like two days ago. But hey, if it's love, it's love. Whatever, man. But that's the Ryan thing. That's what we always talk about. Ryan inserts himself into situations he doesn't need to be inserting himself into, and people for that matter. But he and inserts throws himself, himself in, in it completely. Yeah, and but even so, Caitlin had a great line in the last episode, right before she blamed him for killing Johnny. She mm -hmm. she stands up to him and says, "You can't fix this." And I just wish some more. I wish other people in Ryan's life would tell him that. Mm -hmm. So. It's time for some fun with Doc Ock and Julie. Julie goes full basic instinct, full crossword nerd. She even speaks Italian briefly 
when our this is obviously the um outfit of the episode. Oh yes. yeah. So she's sitting there just rocking and rolling, hitting all the high points in 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 the greatest hits of Doc Ock's Dream Woman. Do you think she was flashing him when she was crossing and uncrossing her legs? She has to have been. She has to have been. Okay. That's the basic instinct thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's 100% what she was doing. And I like how they, I mean, obviously they couldn't show it on TV because it was like... What uh, what if they just did? A network show. But I mean, that's like the most, like, I don't even remember she's actually said basic, if Summer actually said basic instinct. But obviously when you think about Sharon Stone, you think about that that scene. And I just love that that was referenced. That dress is fantastic. Her um, low bun is amazing. Everything about that scene. I want that genre of movie to come back. That weird early 90s sexual thriller genre. Do you remember Yeah, like erotic thrillers. Yeah, this is the movie. problem, though. The only person who could pull off the erotic thriller is Michael Douglas, and he aged out of the um, sexy age group. That's right. He did do so many of those. Like, what leading man could do erotic thriller right now? Like, certainly none of the Chris's. I bet a Bradley, I bet Bradley Cooper could do it. I don't know. Timothy Chalamet, if it's weird. Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> if it's if it's it involves Jason a lot of Vegas can't do it. it takes place in Victorian London and he's actually a ghost watching. Yes, <laughs> that's what it is. He has like a ruff around his collar. <laughs> that's what it is. I, uh, so anyway, um, our lovesick Lothario arrives. I'm assuming they're at McDonald's because they're not at the Redneck Yacht Club, um, and you know they're chatting, they're doing their thing. At first, I forgot that this wasn't a date. Although Julie's kind of pretending it's a date, but this is actually Julie helping figure out what he's looking for in a woman. But this is the best part. Speaking of foreign language, Taylor also shows up at McDonald's and is ordering Korean barbecue and speaking Korean and doing it perfectly. She's awesome. She goes full Downton Abbey and spots Doc Ock and Julie, um, looks at him and then tucks that information away for a scene that's going to be coming up. Let's go talk about Marissa briefly. I'm sorry. Um, She's worried because Ryan (laughs) is completely ghosting her. Uh, For the first time ever, I'm actually kind of team Marissa in this part. Um, Turns out Ryan is in a seedy motel with Cousin. When she emerges, Cousin that is, when she emerges from the bathroom sweating after having taken a massive dump, he asks her if she wants to play poker. Um, Cousin suggests strip poker because they're both broke. Ryan flirts right back at her because life doesn't matter. Marissa tries to call Ryan as he is shuffling the sin cards and he doesn't answer and he lies about who's on the phone. I wonder if Marissa knows that this is how Ryan felt with literally every other male character who entered Marissa's life. Well, Marissa doesn't even know he's with Sadie. She just thinks that he's ignoring her. True. At least Ryan knew she he was she was with these other guys. True. So, so I've been so I've ignored you for the last like two minutes because I've been thinking about which lead which actors could lead an erotic thriller in 2021. And I I think, know I'm stumped. I th- the scar uh, Scarsgard from Big Little Lies. He's the only Ooh. one. You're right. You're right. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. There that was go. a good. That was a good, good one, Ryan. He, no, that is that is a really, really good one. Speaking of of erotic thrillers, we see nothing of their room and what goes on. We just assume they play strip poker and they go to sleep. They do a Bible study, whatever. The next Drink morning, yeah. <laughs> next morning, Ryan uh, is awakened from his uh, slumber on the floor and sustained uh, with coffee and donuts. He, of for someone sleeping, I've slept on floors before. For someone who's sleeping on the floor, he wakes up and is up and at him so quickly. Yeah, he uh, maybe he well he does he does say that he didn't sleep very well, I think, and so maybe he was already awake. I don't know. He has his coffee. He has his donuts. Uh, everything is good. He calls Seth though, 
rather than Marissa, because remember he lied the night before. He refuses to mm-hmm. fill Seth in. Seth tells him he was rolling around in Ryan's bed to make it look like he slept in it. Thought it was pretty funny. Um, as usual, Seth is running the interference, telling Kirsten and Sandy that Ryan is painting a mural for inner city kids. Mm-hmm. They hang up as Seth continues to roll around. Uh, Taylor walks in and catches him, and I... There were a couple of Seth moments in this episode that I liked that were really funny. And this is one of them where Taylor walks in and he goes, Seth? And he just immediately goes, Ryan's painting a mural. Um, So I love that. Uh, Taylor's worried about Summer's reaction to her dad dating Julie. And then because this is the OC, Summer walks in and says, you're afraid to tell me what? Because that's just how the world works. Yeah, Uh, how it works. Taylor in this episode is so much fun, by the way. Yeah, She's always the best. I also... This was... Taylor at her like one of her high points. I mean, they they just keep going. She up doesn't from here, beat around but... the bush, is what I really like about it. Um, I also love that uh, Summer calls her teabag. Um, so, <laughs> so teabag. She cuts... accuses the two of them of hooking up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she just cuts right to the chase. Another thing I like about Taylor, and she says, "Hey, Summer, uh, your your dad is boning Julie Cooper." Um, and they kind of believe her, but kind of don't. They want eyewitness confirmation. And so we get this really fun little scene of eyewitness confirmation at one of Donald Trump's wonderful golf courses. The best, truly. It's the best. Ask anyone. Believe me. Seth and Summer. Uh, wait, wait, hang on. Can I just interrupt you for something completely random? Yeah. Because what you just did reminded me. Have you guys seen the guy that does the Trump voices that went viral on TikTok? Yes, he's yeah. so funny. The guy that mm-hmm. talks exactly like him. He got cast on SNL. He's going to be on SNL now. Oh, my gosh. Nuh-uh. Yeah, that would, they announced it today. Chelsea, they're going to find you on TikTok. So, <laughs> um, quit ballooning. <laughs> Seth and Summer commandeer a golf cart, and Summer, through binoculars, gets all the confirmation she needs in the form of one of the only times we see Julie and, uh, and Summer's dad kissing. So They didn't kiss. No, oh. Chelsea's right. They didn't kiss. They hugged, and I think she may have kissed him on the cheek. Ooh, yeah, you don't want to do that. He's waiting for marriage. Um, He's trying to get out of the out of the friend zone into the grave. Yeah, so <laughs> so we're back with Ryan and cousin. They've completed their second quest at another location where Johnny's dad might be. Um, this time they meet Billy Ray Cyrus, who is not super helpful, and he threatens to use force. Ryan does the right thing and decides he's going to just wait in the car for. Well, they uh, showed a gun. This was not Chekhov's gun, but they showed it. Yeah, this was this Billy was a Ray's fake gun. Chekhov's gun. Billy Billy's ray gun. Um, so Ryan waits in the car until, uh, until daddy, uh, daddy Harper decides to show up. Um, I want to go to sad beach again, Marissa. They're like, so Marissa's on sad beach, remembering how terrible her police interview uh, went and how Johnny's death was awful. So the police are doing their best to implicate Ryan. Um, turns out Marissa was really honest and upfront with the police about everything said that Johnny slipped uh all that good stuff as this flashback ends marissa aggressively kicks some stuff on sad beach just as volchek walks up uh he's being surprisingly chill and open it turns out the source of the beef between johnny and volchek was you guessed it surfing and volchek is you know really nice he tells marissa that he's always down to chill but she rebuffs him aggressively uh so he might i hope it didn't kill her Um, that was a weird scene where she because i was thinking back to her like throwing um, lawn furniture in the pool ah! but now but now she's ah! just like now she's just like very <laughs> quaintly kicking over like roadblock signs not my marissa cooper yeah yeah um, i guess that is weird now she's just like internalizing it and just being like catatonic rather than yeah, which um, is better 
Yeah. So Sandy and Kirsten are having a little end of the day chat back at the Cohen house. They're talking about Marissa's interview. Based on Sandy's assessment, the police won't have any choice but to rule it as an accident. That's great. Um, Kirsten says that Sandy looks tired, which you're not supposed to say that to anyone. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. Don't don't tell someone they look tired. The reason he looks tired is because it's truly like an all work and no play situation for Sandy. Uh, he and Kirsten are out of the frying pan of the police interview into a double date with Gotham Girl and Matt. So it'll be fun. But uh, before we get to that dinner, we're going back to the desert for the final quest of this specific quest line. Johnny's dad shows up um, in my notes. It says, and I finally remember the cousin's name is Sadie. So that's how long it took me to remember her name. Uh, they confront Johnny's dad. He apparently, quote, doesn't owe that bitch anything. Uh, cousin goes full Walter from the Big Lebowski and trashes his truck, which, of course, somehow translates into Ryan getting absolutely rocked by all of these older men. This was bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. It made no sense. Uh, it's almost like they didn't want to hit her, so they just hit him on behalf of her. But it doesn't matter. Luckily, there's a diner nearby. Everyone knows that Ryan can restore XP and HP by stopping at a diner. Through their conversation about bad upbringings, it looks like Cousin and Ryan are getting pretty close but after um, he leaves, he says he's going to go take a big dump. Cousin sees that he was kidding, and he's actually decided to take the car and leave her at the diner, maybe to confront Billy Ray, um, old uh, Machine Gun Kelly, and the whole rest of the group. Yeah, like, what a fucked up move to be like, I'll be right back, and then just leave her there. In her like, car. in the middle of the desert, you take her car, and you leave her at a diner. <laughs> yeah, that makes and no sense. And somehow, she had the wherewithal to know exactly where he went because she gets a cab to take her back there and she wasn't even mad about it. I would have been furious. Yeah, me yeah. too. That would have been it, like done. Well, it's dinner time, everyone. Sandy, uh, much like Taylor Townsend, cuts right to the chase uh, and talks about the proposal and Gotham Girl is into it. Matt tries to downplay it, but Sandy presses the issue and even Kirsten thinks that Sandy's kind of taken it too far. Uh, Gotham Girl asks Matt if it's what he wants, and Matt uh, says yes. Gotham Girl agrees and then leaves abruptly. I can only assume to take a dump. Kirsten does not seem happy about this situation. We have a quick cut to Seth and Summer sucking face. Mid-smooch, Summer starts to think about her dad, and then he appears, as dads are wont to do. Cue Seth with another pretty funny line, quote, get off me, I'm trying to study. Uh, Dr. Roberts is pretty happy. Um, he invites Summer on a date to, quote, talk to her about something. Probably about the fact he hasn't been working. He's been getting strange. Uh, because Ryan has a savior complex, and that savior complex is the only constant in his character development, he has returned to confront hot dad ryan gives his shark tank hot dad i think he's hot he's a hot dad he looks like a character from supernatural um so ryan is talking to him he gives his shark tank pitch for uh don't be a deadbeat dad to your dead son lotion it doesn't seem like it works because ryan is thrown out uh hard that is until it does work and ryan secures the bag i don't understand that so he's like i hate you I don't get out of here here's the money well, he tells that guy, like, get him out of here. So you see him get thrown out, and you're like, oh, well, he fucked up. Oh, nope, just kidding. Here he comes with an envelope full of cash I guess he just had on him. Yeah, a petty cash, man. So Cousin shows up in a strange yellow Uber, and they chalk up the money to, quote, a start. How much money would need to... First of all, there's no way he gave their 10 years of child support in an envelope. 
<laughs> Secondly, how much money is needed to prevent your house from being foreclosed on? It would imagine it's more than what's in this little envelope. Yeah, in 2006 money, though, I mean, he may have been putting... Um, I don't know. Those may have been hundred thousand dollar bills. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> he had him seven million dollars in yeah, cash. Why not? Um, so after dinner, Sandy gets a call from Matt. Turns out Gotham Girl loved the proposal. She planned on giving it to her dad. Then she broke up with him and decided to move back to New York. So a win, I guess. Kirsten's worried that Sandy is losing all the good stuff that makes him Sandy. And that being jaded is, quote, just another day in the office for him. She's now worried that Sandy Cohen, quote, doesn't know where the line is. And remember, that's what she loves about him. He can always find the line. Uh, But before we can get too sad, guys, we're back at the bait shop for a concert. It makes me miss Luke. It makes me miss season one and season two. I hate this so much. So Marissa's at the bar pounding surge colas. Um, and Volchek walks in, they lock eyes, she bolts, and that is the end of the bait shop cameo. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was really uneventful. On the drive back through the desert in a mom car with no name, Ryan is forced to come to grips with his feelings in the darkness of the car. He said he wanted to go with cousin no matter what she was doing, and he thinks it's time that he and Marissa have a talk. So he gives her a call once he gets home. Marissa is at home as well at the lifeguard stand (laughs) watching her favorite show, The Water. They both agree that their relationship is not working. It ends just as wonderfully as Johnny did. Marissa cries. Ryan doesn't cry. He plays more strip poker instead. That is so like a man. Um, And the show fades as our cut and tanned Heathcliff emerges from the darkness to confront Marissa. Better get your Gardasil shots, kids, because it's officially Volchek season. And that's that's the end of the uh, end of the episode. So (laughs) quick shout outs to uh, Tom Vec, I believe, is playing at the bait shop and uh, youth group. The Forever Young cover came back because it's Ryan and Marissa's song. Don't forget. Oh, yeah. So it has to play when they break up. I still think that the Living Things song from the beginning is really fun. So that was my music moment. But their breakup, I felt like one of those breakups where Ryan is going to break up with her. So she tried to preemptively jumps in front of us like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's just not working. Right. Like, I totally agree. They've had a lot of those moments throughout this season, though. Like, do you remember that one where they almost broke up and then they both kind of decided to reconcile? So Ryan goes to her house at the same time she goes to the pool house. Yeah. So this was a long time coming. I will say I feel bad for Marissa as much as I do feel like as much as I do feel like she hasn't been the whole Johnny thing was kind of her fault, not the death, but just the fact that that relationship that too. flourished as in the way that it did. The fact that she kind of drove the wedge between her and Ryan more than anybody. But I feel really bad for her in that scene because Ryan clearly already has someone. He has cousin and she's just sitting there alone crying like she just lost this guy that she had some level of feelings for and now her boyfriend dumped her. So yeah, I feel bad for her. I uh, I also want to give a shout out to Gardasil. Um, it's an HPV vaccine. If uh, if you haven't gotten it, it can give you something that ivermectin cannot, and it can actually prevent most cases of cervical cancer. So everyone, Gardasil, do it. It's for both girls and boys. I don't get vaccines. I. Uh, <laughs> but that's uh that's that's all I got for that episode. Um, it was batty to say the least. I liked it just because it was so different from the rest of the season so far. Like, like I said, it was a tone shift from the very first moment of the episode, but like Johnny is still, I mean, the presence of Johnny is still lingering, but like he's gone. Cousins here. Gidget's here. Taylor's back. Like it's feeling good again. Oh yeah. I don't know where it goes from here. I feel like there's some more stuff with Matt that I don't remember. Um, yeah. How many more episodes are left in the season? Is there 24 or 22? I think there are 25. 
There's a, no, there's 25 episodes. There's a lot this yeah, season. God, we still have nine I know, more. I don't even know. Are we like halfway through? I'm not even sure. Good Lord. We're on episodes. So next, so this next Thursday, we're doing 17, 17 and 18. And I don't know if you all rub between the lines, but we are actually recording two episodes in the same week. I hope we can do it. I think we can. We did four and one for an entire season. I'm not worried That's about insane it. That's insane that we insane that, that we used insane. to do that. That is so right? much OC. I know, it's too much. Uh, and we mean we don't mean original content. Um, all right, well, <laughs> I feel like we're we're done. Are we done? Do we, anything else you want to say? You can find us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at CoensPod, C-O-H-E-N-S-P-O-D. If you want to email us, you can do so. CoensPod at gmail.com. If you really like us and you want to let us know, there's a way to do that. Dylan, what is that way? You can leave us a rating and or a review. I'm going to be real with you. I'm happy happy either way but i have megalomania and i love seeing my name written out uh by someone other than me and so if you want to give us this full review that's great um it'll help us uh, continue growing this show it'll help me uh pay for uh, my daughter eloise to go to college um if we have a number of uh, of good ratings and so just know that my daughter's future is in your hands i also want to say everyone needs to watch midnight mass I watched it twice this weekend. Leslie watched it. We all loved it. It's spooky season. Watch Midnight Mass. This post, uh, this episode is sponsored by Mike Flanagan. Thank you. I don't even know what that is. I, I, will say I that, was um, kind of possessed this weekend, and I was like, I'm home alone, but I kind of want to watch spooky movies. Should I do that? And I was like, no, it'll be too scary with Alex out of town. You should watch Midnight Mass. I did watch, um, so speak, this is very topical, but I did watch Basic Instinct for the first time when Alex was out of town, and um, I had some friends over, and I mean, we just laughed the entire time throughout that movie. So when Alex got home, I was like, how do I recreate this magic? And I made him rewatch it with me. Me, and he was like this is the dumbest fucking movie ever and i was like i know it's so bad it's good and he just like wasn't vibing with it the way that uh, i was so you she watched basic instinct twice over the weekend yes i did <laughs> <laughs> it blew my mind when i realized that that movie was directed by the same guy who did starship troopers and robocop never seen any of those movies either he has a new movie out about a whole bunch of nuns i think doing naughty nun things apparently naughty nuns is a movie about that yeah. oh my god yeah paul verhoven we still need to end this podcast oh, we can talk yeah. about this not on the podcast yeah. by the way oh, yeah. thanks for listening <laughs> everyone yeah that's it we'll see you next week goodbye bye bye, bye.